Welcome to the PTMA podcast. So another edition of the live Q&As that we do for the guys in the group each week. Um, bit of a heads up in the show notes, we've broken down which questions the guys are asking. So you can have a look on the show notes if this is going to be relevant for you. Um, also, we've included a quick little link in there. So if you are listening to this and want to send in a question for us to tackle over the coming weeks, then please feel free or drop us an email. Just as a bit of a heads up, uh, March Intake is now live for anyone who wants to join us on the Net Group program. Um, so if you would like some more information, book in a call to find out if it is right for you and if it will solve your problems, then again, use the email or we have a link through the link tree in our Instagram or and uh, Facebook as well. So hope you get something from this today, guys. Enjoy anything you need. Just give us a quick shout. Cheers. Right. Ready when you are for the first question. We'll take it in turns. Uh, 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 uh. I have three clients from the same household I took on four months ago just before lockdown who train hang on on Zoom together now doing sorry just, now doing group PT they've got they've got results however I feel like I need more of a one they need more of a one to one approach what would you suggest I do with them um Individual chats or individual reviews, so like a monthly review, um, and then asking, ask them open leading questions, open questions that lead to them self-reflecting on, I suppose, them thinking that they need to have more one-to-one -one time if they do. If, for example, that that doesn't come up from them, they don't think it, they don't feel it, I'd give it probably a little bit more time or... Um, very similar to what we go for on the motivational interview and is present some options. But I think the key for me in that is if they're getting decent results, why would they think that they need to come into one-to-one, -one, which means they pay more. So it's a bit of an awkward one. Um, yeah. So I think the way I would go about it is have a bit of a monthly review with them or a sit down, ask open any questions, get them to reflect on it. Um, and if it does come up from their mouths, then happy bloody days. And if it doesn't, um, I would probably give it a little bit more time. That would be my shout. Nick, anything else? Um, yeah, I would just explore that with them. Because um, anytime you have a group scenario, anytime you have you know, a small group, large group, whatever, you always, that one-to-one -one coach, which is where majority of us are kind of roots are and where we feel most comfortable, that's where we want to we want to help more. So I would just kind of check in with them and yeah, see where they're at and, and go from there because it could be just you're feeling like you're not giving them as much, but then they are they are group now and they're not one to one. So that's yeah. good point. <clears throat> Next question with regards to T's and C's, as there's quite a lot of different bits, obviously bar the parkour and health bits, would you recommend 
including these all in one document or job form that they can sign or split these up into different areas, please and thank you. <laughs> um, so I'm just reading it again. So Parkview, I would probably include that on the uh, pre-consult form that they fill in. That that that's the first thing. Um, I definitely separate that into that form. And then when it comes to when it comes to the operational sides of your T's and C's and your service side of your T's and C's, I would definitely have, I would have your operations um, element to it included in your welcome pack as a reminder. I would have your T's and C, I would have the same T's and C's for your operations. So when we talk about that, talking about opening times, um, holiday, cancellate, all that kind of stuff. But then on the bottom, I would include a personalised service element to it. And so when they sign, they're signing for both parts, if that makes sense, but in one. Cool, next one. <clears throat> Thank you, please. please. Uh, how to motivate clients. Oh, here we go. <laughs> how to motivate clients um, within sessions who just stop when it starts to feel sore. Um, have this one who does like three three reps and stops, but the weight is moderate to them. Don't want to nag them, but I feel it's more it's more of a confidence thing. Can't read. No, it's that it's the way it pulls through, isn't it? From the form, it all goes into like some mumbled words. Mm. Um, all right, who wants to go first on this one? Do you want me to go? You go. Um. Oh, it's a really difficult one because we've obviously, um, it's obviously that side to us that thinks stop being a fucking mad ass and crack on with it. Um, because obviously we're so passionate about it. We train other people who push themselves through limits and comfort zones. And then you get one in 10 that are a little bit like this. Um, so I'm trying to not sit on the fence here, right? Because I fucking hate it there. But we do have to meet the clients where they're at. So my personal opinion would be that, again, um, potentially in, let's say, for example, if you have a bit of time with them to chat through their programming, exercise selection, all of that type of stuff in a monthly review or off the back of a weekly check-in, um, maybe bring up how they think or feel about the programming and how they feel that like they're getting on um, and let them kind of reflect on that and go, yeah, do you know what? Sometimes I struggle. These are the reasons why I struggle. Is it, it might be more to it. It could be more to it that you just don't know and they've not had the opportunity to talk you through that. So what I'd say is don't assume, try and remove some biases from ourselves of how comparing themselves or comparing them to other people and all of that. I know you probably won't be doing that, but I'm just saying, um, sit them down, ask them a few questions regards to how they think and feel about the programming, how they feel they're getting on, what is it that they're struggling with, how do they see themselves being able to overcome that so they don't have to just quit after three reps. Um, and then maybe, if it's especially if it's a one-to-one -one client, sit them down and go, right, let's build out the program and exercise selection together 
on what you feel that you can do right now. Um, so that's the angle that I would go personally. I know it's a frustrating one, like trust me, because it's obviously that that person inside us that's screaming, you lazy bastard. Do you know what I mean? But um, we have to meet clients where they're at, especially if you want to help them and keep them in the business. Anything else you'd add, Nicholas? Yeah, the only thing I would add to that is adapt the programming. Um, and when I say that is, you know, there's lots of different variables that you can obviously. So first, sorry, let me take a step back. First of all, think of the aim of what you're trying to achieve out of that session or program or training block. You know, is is load, repetition, um, tempo. Um, is there is there a way that you can manipulate those different variables? Is there a way that you can frame it differently for the client? So instead of reps, it might be time, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I just explore those as well, as well as what Ant said really, is that, you know, do, we know that we can manipulate and use and change and adapt different variables to get the desired effect. So um, on top of what Ant said, I would definitely say explore that a little bit because we do get caught up with, with reps and let's be honest, like <clears throat> repetitions, it's not the repetition, is it? It's the time and the tension, essentially. So have a think about reframing it. Next one. To what level would you use MI techniques in a fresh interaction with someone, whether in DMs or on the gym floor? if at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think um, there's a way of judging this because you can go in too quick without knowing. You've got to have a certain level of rapport to start to dig away at those questions. But, like, I think keep this in mind when you're, you, when you're approaching people or... or talking to people on social media in that guard, like the, the couple of different things I would keep in mind is use open questions um, with the aim to get the person to reflect on what they're doing or, or have done in the past. And then if you're talking to someone, um, reflective responses, highlighting what they're telling you will just help then lead the, not lead the conversation, but help open those people up a little bit more. So I just um, make sure you got rapport before you obviously sit down, you know, for that in-depth conversation. But there's lots of different questions. Like, it, uh, who is it? So, yeah, if you go along some of those questions in regards to things like the TGOC model, you would probably pick on, Bits and pieces out of like reality, for example, uh, would be a good shout. Um, and action as well. I think that those types of questions would be good to frame and use. But open questions, reflective responses. That's what I'd say. Real next question. Which you definitely two parts to this. Okay, I'm running a free seven day challenge. I've got 50 people signed up. It's mega. Well done. I'm happy with that. 
Number most of them came from cold leads by posting on community Facebook groups. Cool. Um, I didn't get many from Instagram, which surprised me. One, the challenge is free. Two, I feel it's as if I put most of my effort into Instagram. Okay. Um, I promoted the group by putting out call to actions during the week and shared a link to a MailChimp landing page that they could sign up from. I was also using stories to create awareness and curiosity. Does this potentially mean I'm still not being specific enough in my market and not creating enough interest in what I do? Want to go? Um, yeah, I'll go. I think, first of all, obviously you're happy with the 50 leads and I'm glad that you are. Um, I would audit who's following you on Instagram. Because if you've gone onto Facebook into local social media groups and they've just grabbed at that opportunity straight away, it's clear that your message has, has hit them specifically where they needed to be hit. Um, so you've seen success from that. So if I was if I was you, I'd continue to do that going forward. That might be the platform for you. Um, that might be where more of the audience is that resonates with your message. And I would take that as a huge positive. In regards to Instagram, like audit who's following you. Um, because you might be being hard on yourself when actually there's only a really small portion of the demographic you're trying to attract actually following you right now. Um, so that's one of the first steps that I would do. Um, if you've spent the majority of your time there and putting out consistent, you've consistently showed up, I would just start to have a look and learn from what you've put out on this challenge. At the end of the day, like you've had a great result either way. So just reflect on the stuff that you've done um, from an Instagram perspective and then just analyze that and just see what what you could learn for next time that you go again. Is it more frequency, more consistency? Is it showing up more on camera? Is it being more obvious with the calls to actions? Um, is it potentially next time you need to generate more awareness to your demographic by being more laser focused on them with the message? Like just explore and reflect on what you've done. Um, but it just might mean that the majority of your audience is more situated on Facebook than it is on Instagram. And that's not a bad thing. Anything yeah, you I wouldn't add anything else to that, no. Okay. Um, next one. Well, I, there's a second part. Hang on. Oh. Two, I don't understand how to take time off and still charge full price. Okay. Any chance you could go through this again, how to set up your pricing and service so you can still get paid for, for time off. Um, currently stuck on understanding why a client would keep paying full service they're not getting a full serve if they're not getting a full service my current way of solving this is double up on the sessions before or after holiday right okay first of all there's nothing particularly wrong with doubling up before and after holiday right that's the first thing i'll throw out there where this especially when you're dealing with individuals that are away you know one client out of all of your clients at that particular time it's no drama to add in one or two sessions a week before and after so that's not the issue right the issue comes is when you want to take time off okay so when you take time off whether it's a week 10 days whatever 
it's it's either physically impossible to do so or it's incredibly draining to do so to take that 15 20 25 hours of pt that you you would miss in that week and double up the week before and the week after for obvious reasons right so it's not a sustainable um practice in my opinion plus you don't enjoy your holiday because you're knackered and also you're dreading going back to 50 sessions next week so what we are saying is that if you want to get consistency of um, monthly payments month on month and you need you want to know what's coming in month on month on month whether whether your clients are away or whether you're away what we are saying is it's not necessarily paying for the not the full service when they're away but what you are doing is you're factoring them in you're factoring into the price the monthly price and accommodating for them being away for a certain amount of time and for you being away for a certain amount of time okay so let's say for example over a year over a year so 12 months 52 weeks they will take four weeks, you will take four weeks, whatever you want to do. So whatever time you want to take off, plus what you on average client would take off. So average, on average, people take four weeks a year. Let's say your average then client life or program is six months. Okay. So let's say we take that four weeks and we, and we put it into that six months and we go, right, usually my let's say my monthly payment is 300 quid okay 300 quid a month what i would do is i would factor in that person being away for four weeks four weeks in total including you four weeks out of that six month period okay so now we take a month technically we take a month off okay so a month's worth of training off so we take that 300 quid and we divide it into the rest of the five months that and then you're ended up with the new monthly price which is accommodating for someone being away and you being away for that amount of time hopefully that makes sense so when you go away you've already accommodated for you being away so you don't have to change the price point you don't have to double up the week before or the week after when they go away you've already accommodated for the price. You don't have to change the monthly payment. Now, what you can do as well is obviously you can set simple if they, um, I lost my train of thought. If they want to work out, if they want to, you know, understand how to deal with things on holiday or, or even if they just want to just completely do nothing, when you're away, you could set things up for your clients. So that is a way, mate, that you can just get consistency of monthly payments. Yes, you might take less monthly payments um, every month by taking that money off, but the consistency across the year, you'll end up with more revenue. Next question. I feel a great deal of loyalty towards a couple of clients who've stuck with me for many years. As a result, I still have a few of them old, on old and discounted prices. What are your thoughts on this? Is this sensible and should I up their prices? Hmm. It is a really difficult one, first of all, because 
because they've been with you from the start. Obviously, it is a difficult one. I really want a difficult one. Um, but if they've seen progress, if they're still with you, there's a level of brand loyalty. Um, there's a level of um, understanding, relationship and stuff like that. I, I, I'm struggling to think as to why you wouldn't or why they wouldn't expect for their price to be increased. Now, there's ways to go about this so they still feel amazing in a sense of, for example, you put their price up X percent, but you let them know that anyone coming into your business is actually on a higher percent when they come in. So, yeah, I think personally, I, I, I understand the, I suppose, the ambivalence towards it a little bit, but I would definitely start to look at how you can present it to them because there's a reason why they're still with you. Um, they're really bought in probably. You've probably got a great relationship. You've probably got great results. And therefore, like in any business, you would see that slightly increase over time. Um, so yeah, the way I would do it is put them up to a certain percent and then let them know that other people coming into the business are actually on this percent. Um, I don't know what Nick thinks. I agree with that. Um, there's lots of things that go around in my head that I could suggest, but no, stick with that one. Simple. Go, go, go. Right. Next one. Oh, I know it's your go. No, it's my go, isn't it? Best advice for efficient time management for a schedule with multiple moving parts. Previously used time management planners, but struggle to keep up with updating it due to regular changes to my time. Any other ways that you would suggest? Now, hopefully we solved this in last night's webinar but the person who's asked this wasn't on it. So it might be just refer back to that webinar because I know you're on a competition or something. Um, what, anything else you want to add to that apart from refer to last night's webinar? Um, the only thing I would add in, the only thing I would start with <coughs> realistically is You need to give yourself like the more moving parts there is in your, in your week, the more structure you've got to give yourself. And to give yourself that structure, you can't you can't manage all of these things go in your head alone. So getting things like getting things down on paper in regards to giving yourself time to plan your week ahead. Um, or even if it's like even if it's not the full week ahead, if things are that crazy, maybe it's. Maybe it's two days ahead. Maybe it's even a day ahead and you spend half an hour at the end of a day planning your next day, et cetera. Um, I think that planning stage is going to be the fundamental of whatever method you use, whatever method, software you use, um, and then priority, prioritizing tasks. Yeah, watch the, um, watch the old webinar back last night. Yeah, I think... Um, I think, uh, sorry, I just received a really funny message and it's fucking free me. Um, 
I think time management planners, like they're there to, I don't even know if you've just said this, they're there to plan. They're not there to refer to on a week in, week out basis. Um, so they're there as a system to be able to plan to then feed into what is your weekly and daily way of managing your time, which might be lists. It might be your iPhone calendar. So it's there to plan. It's not there. Like a planner on an Excel document, it's not there to probably refer to all the time. It's just there to probably view every single week. Um, so that's what I would say onto that. Sorry, I got distracted. Fucking hell. Next one. I've got a free fat loss course launching later this month. Would you recommend trying to incorporate motivational interviewing with individuals before, during, or after the course? Basically, if I do motivate motivational interviewing before, during, could I could it affect any potential signups after, as people may feel solve their problems? No, don't. Okay, yeah, I get it. Done. You want to answer it then? Sorry. You want to answer it then? No, you can answer it if you wish. All right. Um, right. Well, motivational interviewing is an ongoing process in any walk of life, I suppose. Like, Dan, you're probably motivational interviewing your kids to get the homework done now. <laughs> um, it's just a process. So it doesn't start and stop. It's just a process um, that you continuously to practice, to help people solve their own issues and solve their own problems. So would you do it in the fat loss course? Probably by asking open any questions, supporting them to solve their own problems. But it doesn't mean to say that then people once they've solved their own problems don't need you because they'll need you to remind them to re be able to reflect, to be able to be self-aware, to be able to put plans in place to overcome their barriers. So um, I think the answer to the question is yes, you would use it throughout, um, but you would more so use it at the end of that um at the end of that process to help convert people into your business because you it's that great question that we ask sometimes at the end of a consultation which is like okay off the back of that understanding what do you feel like you need to put in place now to get to where you want to be and they'll probably spell out the, the features of your service which therefore means you can then pitch personal training off the back of it so yeah hopefully that helps nick would you elaborate on any of them answers no, don't be worried about um, it being too effective, essentially, because it will, especially with a group, it will take, yeah, it will take, don't worry about it at all, mate. It will take ages to, to get through. So even when you're working with people, right, um, it's constant. It's not a kind of stop start it's just a constant way of communicating so yeah don't don't um don't worry about that at all mate it's a good question though it is a really good question because it's it, that's how exactly how i thought about it when i first heard, when i first was walked through it so yeah it's a good question the next good one is your is the next one yours or mine i'm out of sync now nick i'm all fucking look do you just sit there right all right, um, right? look pretty well <laughs> for you. Um, there's a local PT who advertises £20 online coaching on billboards. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot. What a twat. I'm a bit nervous to put my offer out because of the prices being severely undervalued in the area. How do I manage people's expectations for price? 
I know I should probably just highlight my terms of service and focus on my own shit. Yes, you should. You answer this one. You'll put this across back. Okay. Um, look, if she, if he, she is paying for billboards for 20, I, who did I have saying something similar the other day? Yeah, it was someone, someone of the one-to-one guys. If someone's paying for billboards, it's not a cheap option. doesn't matter where you are. So paying £20, 20 paying, paying £20 for online coaching, the volume you're going to have to get to make any type of profit off the back of that is going to be huge, right? So first of all, there's going to be a cookie-cutter approach, you would assume, to this, to this system, right? which has its place in, in the market somewhere, right? Um, but what I would bank on, right, is, and think of it this way, this is almost doing a really good job for you. It really, really is, because the level of service we could presume and assume that goes on for £20 a month is going to be not what people need to achieve their their results, which ultimately means is that they're going to have a high churn rate, which ultimately means is that person's not going to get to where they want to be, which ultimately means is that, is that they tried this, it was less personalised, it was less attention, less feedback, um, less bespokeness. That's where they're going to be looking for next. And that's where, so ultimately, this is a part of your filter, if you like, into your business is how I would view it. Um, don't over convince, don't oversell, um, simply meet people where they're at and you will attract the right people for you. Um, and also this is taking care of a lot of the kind of low hanging fruit, which isn't a negative thing. But as I said, I would view this as a part of, this person's just filtering people down into your business eventually. And yeah, focus on your own shit. Ow. Um, I don't think I'd add anything to that, if I'm honest. Um, the value comes within you, you understanding the people that you want in the business, right? Um, so as soon as you know who they are, and how to speak to them and that you're right, your service and focus is all on them, then that's the differentiating factor between you and a 20 pound online coaching um, scenario. Right. Well, we have Elise has popped another question. We'll get to that in a minute, Elise. Um, sorry for, oh, there's only one more. Uh, I find it hard to plan and write out full weeks worth of social media content in advance, would you say it's okay to have an idea for each day set out and then writing it up on the day or should it be more organised? I think we covered this last night, um, Lauren. Um, absolutely, you can do that. Like I said to you, it's something I did for three years, not that I'm prolific on social media or anything like that. Um, it depends what your objective is, mate. Um, if your objective is to grow your social media following, um, if that is one of your goals and objectives and therefore try to get more inquiries, then it probably will be best to be a little bit more proactive and stay a week ahead with your content. If that's not the main biggest priority for you right now, um, 
then yeah, continue to do what you're doing. Like your, your posts are great. Your consistency is great from what I see. And um, yeah, you're far beyond where I was, however long ago Facebook started for when we used our business. So for you, for business. So yeah, I think if you found a rhythm in doing that and it's working successfully for you right now, absolutely. If you want to feel less overwhelmed, stressed, if you are overwhelmed and stressed about it, then plan it out. So just measure how you're thinking and feeling about it. If you're getting a bit overwhelmed and stressed about it and putting a lot of pressure on yourself, maybe then factor in um, a little bit of time, like I said last night, to take all of the stuff from your check-ins, all of the stuff that you've wrote down and your notes of what your clients have said, maybe things that you picked up on social media and have a day just to start to put that in some kind of order to keep ahead of yourself. Um, obviously it's more proactive, but if you found a system that works for you at this moment in time, then crack on. Anything you'd add? There we go, Lauren. It is my main priority. Definitely going to try and plan a full week in advance now. Okay, so if it is your main priority, mate, what I would do is to just find a system that works for you. As I said to you last night, if I come down to this desk and sit here and go, right, think about creating content, it just doesn't work for me. And I've got nothing around me to kind of, I'll, what I'll end up doing, Lauren, is just going on Instagram and starting to have a look what PTs are saying, what they're doing, and that really doesn't get my the, my ideas flowing for content. It just doesn't. And I find myself just sit here scrolling then aimlessly for no point. It has to be, you have to try and find a bit of a system to it. And if that is that Monday to Thursday, you actively listen to your clients, you sit here, take down loads of notes on what they're saying, you pull out their stuff from their check-ins, what you view on a Friday, for example, and you've got a bank of information. It might be two pages of notes and then you come to sit down where you factor in two, three hours where you sit down and plan your content. At least you know you're planning your content and you've got ideas for that content. Um, exactly what I do, which I know doesn't help. Okay, cool. Um, what do you mean by that, Lauren? So is that what you do now and it doesn't work? So you need more ideas? Just let me know in the comments, mate. <clears throat> Let us know in the comments. So if you need more ideas, then we'll try and support you with more ideas. Whilst Lauren's doing that, let's get to Elise's question. Oh, we got one more here. Oh. Where? No checking. Gabs. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously, I got rid of my classes. But have a few clients wanting the classes back, but the classes will make me lose money. How can I tell my clients politely that I won't be doing classes at the moment? Maybe you're a seasonal thing. You answer that. You answer it? No, you answer it. Because I'm trying to think for help for Lauren and I can't do fucking two things at once, you know. Well, can't do one thing at the moment. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> right, Gabs. Okay, so I think there's a few things you, I mean, first and foremost, it's your business. And I know you feel, I know, obviously, you feel certain um, responsibility and a bit of guilt with taking those those classes away, but ultimately wasn't right for your business. It wasn't right for, for you and the time you had available. So you made the right decision 
Um, maybe a seasonal thing. Yeah, but what's going to change, except for the weather being a bit better, hopefully, um, what's going to change? You, the reason why, I think you've got to revert back to the reason why you got rid of them. And I think in regards to your... In regards to your clients, it just doesn't work for it. It just doesn't work for you anymore. So I think, you know, it, it's uh, you could do, um, you could offer them small groups. So one of your group sessions for those particular clients forward. Um, so give them another option. Explain to them why, you know, just give them a heads up on exactly why that you can't do that at the moment or you can't do that going forward. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't promise something seasonally if it's really not a reality because you're just delaying the inevitable. So yeah, that's what I'd say on that. Anything add? No, I've just, I'm still thinking about helping Lauren out here because um, I've not finished it yet. Lauren, so right, so you do what I do when you sit down and plan. So it's completely understandable. So what we want to do is eliminate them bad, like bad habits that we get, we get, we do, which is that what we just explained. So I think going off what I said before. So find a way to take loads of notes from your clients, listen to them as much as possible, take notes down, build them notes up throughout a week. Um, off the back of that question boxes on their frustrations on Instagram and stuff like that, get some stuff from there and look at the check-ins, get the information from there and what they're struggling with and all of that. Then when you plan, when you come to sit down and plan, get rid of your phone and do all of your planning, if you can on a laptop or on your iPad, and then make sure you put obviously seven days worth of content together, start to build that and create it and then just schedule it. Um, and then that's your done. So use Facebook Studio Creator or use Sendable or what's the other ones? The ones that I put in the group and just schedule it and put it out. Because as soon as you find a flow and you know it's coming from the people's mouths that you want to serve, then you don't have to sit there and try and create too much. And then what will happen is if you're taking that information anyway and sitting down, there's probably going to be, if someone said something, you're probably going to make two posts out of that in some cases. So yeah, it's just finding a little system. What's oh, what's going on here now? Hopefully that helps, Lauren. I know this sounds a bit silly, Lauren, but I find it really helps thinking about your own experience as well, like what I struggle with or have in the past. Yeah, if you can resonate with your audience, at least it's right. I um, might sound obviously a little trick. Your target audience might be slightly different to you, but it might help. Yeah, potentially. I think what we want to do is minimize the time that we spend trying to find what other coaches are saying and doing, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, Lauren, there is a website I'll try and find and you can type in a certain key phrase and I'll bring up what people ask about a certain topic. Yeah, there is from a market research perspective. So that's a great shout. Buzzfeed, I think that is. Buzzfeed, that's the, that's the bugger. Yeah, is that all the questions, Nick? This Sound? All right. Oh, we've got all... a lease. What? Got a lease. Did you answer a lease? Um, no, I didn't actually. Okay, if you have time, blah, blah, blah. But um, how would you recommend adding a call to action with regards to bringing them in? So from the challenge she's doing. 
um, bring them into your business. I was going to do a survey, but then not sure how to offer my services to. If offering out a free month of online coaching at the end, but you want it to go to someone who is actually going to be invested and then hopefully continue in your business, can you be straight with this perhaps via a poll or something? So I think the first thing is how do you take people on a challenge into the business? Um, I think a survey is a great idea because you're going to get some feedback and you can put a bit of a mini call to action off the back of that. Um, what you have to do within, what is a, a bit of a ball ache sometimes, you have to do a mini marketing campaign within your challenge as well. So you have to start to build a bit of curiosity into what your current client or two is, is doing and how you're helping them, that type of stuff. Um, drive a bit of excitement that towards the end of this group or challenge that they've all got an opportunity to sit down and maybe go through their goals with you. That's a good opportunity for them. It's a massive call to action to book in to go through the goals and you can support them on a goal setting chat and then you can ask them them really open-ended questions to get them to reflect on that and then they sign up from there. You might do, I talked to Alistair about this, with it being your first one, you might do a bit of a sneaky offer that's not really a sneaky offer. So basically you've got a price that you were going to charge and you take a percentage off, even though it's always above at the same set price that you're going to charge anyway. So it drives intent behind them going, right, I've loved this and I don't want it to end. So she's driving this kind of offer and I need to jump all over this for the last couple of days that it's on. So you could do something like that. Anything else that you'd add, Nick? Oh, I'm racking my brains. No, I think getting them to feel a part of the kind of next stage of what they've gone through is important. Creates the autonomy with the group. Um, it kind of, even if it's a simple guys, I'm thinking about, you know, doing, doing something for everybody to continue or progress away you've got to now um who'd be interested you know yes no get a bit put a bit of feeler out there and then as Ant said kind of use those little bits and bobs to to get people in yeah um so second part yeah so if offering out a free month of online coaching at the end but you want it to go to someone who is actually going to be invested and hopefully continue in your business can you be straight with perhaps via a poll or something like that. What I would do, Elise, is that maybe if you're going to do a survey, maybe if they're going to opt in for this competition, uh, this is what I, how I would manage it, and it's probably I'm probably dictating a little bit, but if I've got an opportunity to win this free time with you, this online coaching, I would get them to opt in to do the survey feedback because I think that's a really good idea. You get feedback, you get um, to help build on it because it was your first one. Then all of the people who was in the who is in the challenge who's then interested in winning this have opted in, which is a great sign that there's a level of interest and desire in what you want and what you're about to offer. And then within that survey and competition, what I would do is just put down some minimum kind of non-negotiables of what you expect from people who is entering this to win this competition. So you expect, I don't know photos, you expect feedback, you expect a couple of videos, you don't mind them. Um, they don't mind you filming certain exercises, all of that type of stuff. And I will make it really, really clear that these are the four or five non-negotiables. So actually, if people aren't 
people can't be asked to adhere to them, they don't enter that competition. That's what I would do. Hopefully that makes sense. How would you get them to book a goal setting call, um, which would be a sale? I would. Alistair, in the nicest possible way, mate. I wouldn't give him any choice. <laughs> I basically, I, I would, I would more or less talk about it as if it, it ends the program. I would mm. obviously talk this up to say it depends how many's on it as well, Alistair. Because if you've got fifty, then that's a fucking lot of time. Um, but um, I would basically say like it ends the program. You don't want them to go off and fall into old habits. Um, that's not what you're about. That's what other companies and products do. Um, and to ensure that everyone now has an opportunity to absolutely book in a call with you um, to go through goal settings and let make sure that you give them context behind it as well, mate. So it's 30 minutes to concentrate on you as a person, where you are now, where you want to go and put a plan in place so you are absolutely sure of what you want and need. And then I would even drop in how then we can help you get there. So there's an element of them expecting 20 people. Mate, if you can share that out between the coaches that you've got, I think that would be sound. Um, I don't think that would be too bad, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, 10 hours work, maybe. I don't think that would be too bad at all. I think if we were going with 50, like Andy Rose's, we've got a different kettle of fish there. Uh, maybe we do an opt-in opportunity to goal set, but I think you've got an opportunity there to go, right, this ends the programme, so... You're in, book the call. Any additions to that, Nicholas? The context is key with that though, isn't it? It's, it the way you put that across has to, has to show that it directly benefits them, the way you put it across. Uh, mm, 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 mm. The only way you could do it is do if the time is an issue is doing kind of a group scenario maybe a couple of different but make live on the group um splitting it up into like four lots of five booking people in doing a group because it, it's that prompts for the next stage at the end of the day so could do that that could work and that community element that you built over the last few weeks um could really feed into that nicely so yeah could could be an option sweet as a nut all right guys and girls i don't think there's any more questions thank you for joining us this morning it's a lot better yeah. when you appreciate that um right then on to uh, thursday you've got a bit of work on the scheduling side of things in between and then i'd like to say after after Thursday, it starts to become a little bit easier. Mm, maybe, maybe not. Anyway, let's fuck off and go to Instagram and do. Hey, if you wanted, if you're bored, if you're really bored and you're not sick of seeing us, it'd be nice to have you over on Instagram Live in five minutes because we're going to do one there. They've only been with us for two and a half hours in the last twelve hours. <laughs> <laughs> Guys and girls, we'll see you in a bit, man. See you later. Yeah.